All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Going three days without an Oilers game day is borderline criminal, but here we are. Day three, no Oilers game to talk about. So what will we talk about? Well, let's figure it out with the lead. I'll be honest, I sat down today to like, you know, get ready for the show, figure out how I'm going to try to deliver some good content to you all who are watching Oilers Nation every day on the Nation Network YouTube channel, Oilers Nation on Twitter and Facebook, as always live from the Sports Closet studio. And I was like, all right, well, maybe we could talk about like Dylan Holloway. And then I was like, oh, well, we've kind of beaten that to death. We can talk about the goaltending. Oh, well, Stuart Skinner's in the starters net tonight. And I think we've beaten that to death as well. There's no fresh games to talk about. So there's nothing to even dissect or get into. Um, So what will we do? Well, I decided to ask you, the people, what you want to hear about. I put out the call on Twitter, asked for some questions. I will do the same thing here. If you're watching along on the Nation Network YouTube channel, hammer the like button and drop in a question. And I'll answer anything. We can honestly talk about anything today. Uh, Jason Greger is going to stop by, and I do have some serious hockey questions for him. And I am going to actually ask him about Dylan Holloway and if he's heard anything there. Greger was also at practice today for the Oilers, so we'll get a a couple little insights from him. But uh, first, I put out the call on Twitter. I said, any Oilers questions about anything, I will answer them. And the first one, it wasn't the first one, but it was probably the most intriguing one. Paul asked, 
Are the Oilers better than last year? Is this Oilers team better than the team we saw a year ago? And I actually think that's like a super complicated question to answer. The Oilers like right now, today at practice, is that group better than the team we saw at the end of last season? No, they're not. Evander Kane's out of the lineup. Kyler Yamamoto's out of the lineup. They had both Brett Kulak and Duncan Keith in the lineup last year in the playoffs. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're better right now than they were at the end of last season. Are they better right now than they were 12 months ago? Are they better right now than they were on November 15th, 2021? I think so. At that point, they didn't have Brett Kulak. Granted, they had Duncan Keith. At that point, they didn't have Evander Kane. At that point, Dave Tippett was still the head coach. Mike Smith was injured. I think they are better now than they were a year ago. Is this team, even with everyone healthy, better than they were in the playoffs last year? And the answer to that is also no. There are still all of the key pieces with the exception of Duncan Keith. That's a big exception. You're missing a veteran left-handed defenseman. We all know that. So I think just a blanket question of like, are the Oilers better than last year? There's just, there's a lot of different ways you can sort of take that question. Dr. Gonzo says they are a better team, but they're really underperforming. Yeah, and I think that's fair as well. The Oilers right now are playing at a 92-point pace. Last year, they were a 104-point hockey team. Again, a full season of Woodcroft, a full season of Evander Kane and Brett Kulak. I know, yes, you lost Duncan Keith. The goaltending was also supposed to be something that helped this team improve. You know, Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner, I said this line countless times, countless times throughout the offseason. The floor of the Oilers goaltending is higher. I said Campbell and Skinner, when they're bad, won't be as bad as Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen were. Well, damn it, that's not the case. <laughs> And I, I think it'll bounce back. I still think when we look back at this season as a whole, we'll be happier with the goaltending we get this year from Campbell and Skinner than we were last year with Smith and Koskinen. But are the Oilers actually a better team than they were last year? I'd love your take. Let me know in the Nation Network YouTube Twitter or YouTube chat. I'll bring in Liam here and I'll float this question to you. Liam, do you think the Oilers are better than they were last year? Uh, I think it's a really interesting question because... You you think about it, you're like, yeah, of course. And then the more you think about it, you're like, um, maybe not. Like going into the season, I think all signs would have pointed to, yes, this team is better. There was upgrades in goal, like event, full season of Evander Kane, the promise of Dylan Holloway. And I just don't think everything's yeah. hit right now for this team. I think, like what you said, like I think at the end of the season, this team will be better than last season. But for right now, I guess I'll also agree with you and just say, no, right now they're not better than what they were last season. And uh, someone says, you know, full season of Evander Kane will sort of, yeah, you're going to miss him for four months now. So at the end of the day, you're going to have the exact same amount of Evander Kane in this regular season yeah. as you did in last year's regular season. And, you know, Kulak, I think, has done a good job of replacing the Duncan Keith minutes for the most part. I actually think he's better in his own end than Duncan Keith was. But you lose that little bit of veteran leadership, I suppose. And also down the stretch, you had them both. You had three damn good left shot D-men in your lineup. And now this year you have two in the third spots. Just put it bluntly, it's a little bit of a black hole. So I think this Oilers team has more potential than the team last year. I think the team last year made it to the Western Conference Finals. And that is about as far as they could have ran. I think this year's team has the potential to go to the Stanley Cup Final. You mentioned Holloway. 
they need to get a left-handed defenseman. I think the goaltending is still better. So it's a complicated question, but a great question from Paul. Uh, Eric Moon wrote in and asked, give us a mock Vlad Tarasenko trade. I don't, and, and some other people were asking, you know, is Tarasenko like a legitimate option for the Oilers? Are they going to be looking for that kind of a fish? I don't think so. I don't think they're they're going for that. Like, we know they were interested in Patrick Kane, and, you know, maybe that still happens, but I doubt it. I, I think it's, the odds are slim to none. I think if they go looking for a forward, like Frank Saravalli said last week on the show, it'll probably end up being a centerman. I think they need to prioritize a D-man again. But for the sake of the question, a mock Tarasenko trade, I think you look at exactly what the Claude Giroux deal was last year. He was a rental. He was expensive. He had to have the salary retained. He was the premier forward on the market. And I think Tarasenko, along with Patrick Kane, maybe some other guys like a Horvat or an O'Reilly, other names, there will be a lot of premier rental forwards on the market this season, maybe even more than last year. But the Giroux deal was basically... For Owen Tippett, a third-round pick and a first-round pick. So Owen Tippett was a first-round draft pick who struggled in his first organization, was going up and down a lot, getting healthy, scratched a lot, a first and a third. That sounds like Yessa Pugliarvi, a first and a third for me. So is Yessa Pugliarvi a first and a third worth half the season of Vlad Tarasenko? Or can you split up those assets better? Does Jonathan Taves only cost you a third-round pick and Warren Fogle? Does Jonathan Taves maybe cost you? It's probably more than that. It's probably like a second rounder in Fogel, maybe another prospect to get some money retained and all of that. Um, but are you better off, my point is, instead of spending three good assets on Vlad Tarasenko or even Patrick Kane, are you better off spending half the amount of assets on a D-man, half the amount of assets on a good defensive third-line centerman? Or are you a better team? I think I take option B. I think you know one high-end forward isn't going to be what pushes this team over the top. It'll be two really solid support pieces who know how to play playoff hockey that push this team over the top. Uh, Alex Zinowitz, I hope I said that right. He asked, how do we fix the defense on this team? And he, you know, he went on to say, do you have to sacrifice a Fogel or a Yamamoto? Listen, I think you need to sacrifice a Fogel, a Yamamoto, or a Pugliarvi at some point to fix anything. Like You need money. That's the bottom line there. But to answer your question, I'm not sure if Philip Broberg is going to be the answer. I see... Uh, Egan, Egan Huber, I hope I'm saying that right as well, says give Broberg some time. He might be up later this year. Man, you, you can't be a Stanley Cup contending team and be like, I hope Philip Broberg's the answer for our blue line. I hope Philip Broberg solves all of our problems. I just don't, you need to go get someone. Even if Broberg comes up and plays well. There you go, dream homes with Alex. Hey, that was me. Yeah, it was you. I thought it was a great question. They, they need to trade for a D-man. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't believe there is a solution in-house. Because again, let's say, okay, Broberg's the answer. Broberg comes in, boom, he's a legit NHL D-man. What happens when you have one injury? Nurse goes down for a month. Kulak goes down for a month. Broberg goes down again. He gets hurt a lot. Then you're right back to where you started. Or worse, if it's Kulak or Nurse who gets hurt. So you need depth. We saw last year in the playoffs, guys get hurt. If anything, the Oilers got lucky last year in the playoffs that the guys who got hurt could play through it. Not every team was that fortunate. Remember Calgary with Tanev? They couldn't get Tanev healthy, and it ended up really hurting them. So you need to have built-in insurance pieces. If Broberg is your seventh D-man for the playoffs and you're going 11-7 and seven every night, hot damn, you got a good problem. I'll take that. But you can't just be like, ah, Broberg will be our sixth and we're good. They need another top four kind of guy, as Brent Smythe says. Yes, I agree with you 100%. They need a top four D-man. 
Alex says, issue is there's no good top 4D out there that would have a positive impact. Going after a mediocre top 4D on a bad team, being the seventh D-man on our team. And that's a fair point, but I also think you got to let the market develop. I think it was Rusty yesterday or last week who was like, it's insane we're talking about trading pieces off this roster right now. It's November. And I agree. I think it is way too early to even know what the market could look like. Vladislav Gavrikov, Carson Soucy, maybe a Joel Edmondson is out there. Maybe, but you got to wait for these things to develop. There's too many teams still in the playoff race. Uh, speaking of Edmondson, someone, a couple people asked me, I don't have their names in front of me, but is Montreal potentially a good trade partner? And that's a team, you know, you got to wait for them to fall out of the race, almost similar to Seattle, but I'm sure they will. The interesting pieces on that team, if you want to get a scoring winger, they will certainly be shopping Druan, Dodonov, and probably Mike Hoffman, even though he has a year left on his deal. Joel Edmondson on the blue line is an interesting one, but he's got two years at $3.5 million. Do you bring in Edmondson but sacrifice? Uh, I mean, I think you got to trade money at that point. So again, I, I don't know if there's a great fit. A lot of people still love the idea of Josh Anderson, but an often injured streaky goal scorer with 5.5 million as his cap it for four more years. Yeah. Yeah. I think I pass on that probably. Uh, Drew asked who should be the next player called up aside from the guys who are already called up, which would be a uh, Klim cost and Matthias Janmark. I think, uh, I think James Hamblin would actually be a guy who probably deserves the next call up if they have to make one. He's got eight points in 11 games. We talked to Ryan Holt, the Condors play-by-play guy last week. He was impressed with Hamblin early in the year. I think you look at James Hamblin kind of as the guy, uh, Liam, I'll float that one your way since you're more in tune with, uh, with the prospects and the Bakersfield side of things. Do you think Hamblin is a guy who we'll kind of see up in the lineup in the next couple of months? Does he deserve that shot? Yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy that's producing really well right now for Bakersfield. Mm. Uh, Xavier Ball goes had a really good start to the season too. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think the fact that Clem Costin and Matthias Yamak are up here now is going to give those time those kids a little bit more time too. And yeah. there's also Raphael Lavoie, I suppose, is down there as well. Like eventually he's coming back from injury, so he's probably going to need a bit more time. So Hamlin is probably the next guy up besides Tyler Benson, of course, when he eventually comes back and is healthy for this team. Yeah, and we'll get to Benson. We'll talk about Holloway, a bunch of stuff with uh, our guest this week from deep in the bowels of Rogers Place. Fresh off watching practice, Jason Greger from Oilers Nation, obviously. Right to Daily Faceoff, TSN 1260. Greger. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How's it going? How's practice? Uh, it was good, man. Uh, there was these season ticket holders uh, availed today, so there was uh, quite a few fans watching practice. And uh, saw them a little bit late. I had a one-on-one uh, with McDavid player on TSN today. Just some non-hockey stuff, uh, uh, kind of maybe a little bit of the lighter side of Connor McDavid. Uh, something that I know you'd be interested in, Ty. Uh, fantasy football, and uh, and who's the greasy commissioner in the Orders Fantasy Football League? Well, according to McDavid, there is one. Ooh, all right, where, where is that going to go out? That'll be on uh, on my radio show this afternoon. Okay, perfect. Uh, everyone can look forward to that. TSN 1260. Follow Gregor on Twitter. He'll have the timestamps out and all of that stuff as well. Uh, before we get into some of the Oilers stuff in practice, I wanted to get your take on this. 2023 Hall of Fame class. The first time eligibles. I see a guy like Henrik Lundqvist, and I'm like, he's a lock. He's got to get in probably first ballot. I see guys like Bomeister and Seabrook, and I'm a little more on the fence. For you, what would your 2023 Hall of Fame class look like in the NHL? Well, the first guy that should go in, the guy who's not in, is Alex Mogilny. There's no reason yep. he shouldn't be in. I, I would have actually put in Alex Mogilny, no offense, ahead of Alfredson and the Sedins. I think overall, individually, he's a better player. Um, so Mogilny should go in. Uh, if Henrik Lundqvist goes in, I have no issue with that. But if you actually um, look at a lot of the numbers and everything else, Curtis Joseph's career stands up uh, very closely to Henrik Lundqvist. So uh, I could see those two going in. And uh, Carolyn Ouellette, I, I think she's uh, pretty much a lock as well. So th- those would be my four. I, I think there should be maybe even two from the women's side of things. You mentioned Ouellette. I think Jen Botterill. And what about uh, local product Shannon Zabados? She has a really interesting Hall of Fame case. You know what? Uh, she does. and uh, But... <laughs> It's funny, goaltenders have a real hard time. You look at uh, on the men's side, they're in Curtis Joseph, it's it's funny. So you're, you're right, Zabados uh, easily, I think could get in if, if you look at what career, what she's done um, long-term. So no question, I think, it, you know what, when, when you have enough legit candidates, that's when it becomes a good debate, right? I don't I don't like it when somebody, wow, we gotta get this person in because they've been there for a long time. Well, guess what? Uh, Curtis Joseph, he's a legit candidate, and Alex Mogilny is long overdue candidate in my eyes. And, you know, he mentioned Jen Botterill and Shannon Zabados. You know, you throw in uh, King Henrik. And, you know, I go even back a little bit farther. I know that, you know, I look at Jeremy Roenick's career. When you look at 50 goal scores, 100 point seasons, what Jeremy Roenick did, he, you know what? He's a guy that definitely should get some consideration. Yeah, that's a great name as well. I also saw Henrik Zetterberg is a guy who I think could maybe, maybe he has a pretty solid Hall of Fame case, but Frank Saravalli brought up that Datsuk isn't eligible until next season. And he wondered if the Hall wants to do what they did with the Sedins and Luongo kind of and throw Zetterberg and Datsuk in in the same class. But Zetterberg's case is, is interesting as well. Well, I would think from a voting perspective, like if, if I'm a voter, like do you wait? Say, I want to get these two guys in like, there's no guarantee, like, there's no guarantee that all the voters are going to agree because, league, you know, technically, you're not supposed to be talking to the other voters about who you're going to vote to put in, right? So, yeah. um, I, I don't know, like, if you plan it, then to me, doesn't that look a little shady, right? Like, we're kind of like, hey, why is that going in? So, I, I would hope that's not the case. I'm not saying it isn't, but I would sure hope it's not. 
Switching gears a little bit, uh, I want to talk about the Pacific Division a little bit. I was looking into the numbers for both you know, the, the Kings and the Golden Knights. The Kraken are up in the mix as well, but I mean, they're probably going to fall off at some point. I want to ask you about the Kings, though, since they're in town tomorrow night. Do you see them as a team that's like a legit 100-point contender this year, or do you think maybe their goaltending will start to catch up to them? Because right now, they're winning despite the fact they're getting poor goaltending. Well, Jonathan Quick had a great week last week, but Cal he Peterson did, yeah. has really struggled. He's really struggled. And then you saw it last night, uh, what they gave up, six in in Calgary. So, you know, that that's a concern for sure that, uh, that they're going to have to monitor. I thought L.A. W- would be a playoff team. And, you know, if you look at the Pacific, like, you know, Vegas right now is off to a great start. And there's nothing to, to make you believe that they're going to fall apart. So I think they're in. Um, you know, I think the Edmonton Orders are a playoff team. You know, the Calgary Flames, I had as a playoff team to start. You know, they, they hit the skids there for a little bit, you know, winless in seven. But I still think that they, they are a playoff team. So, you know, L.A. LA surprised me last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they made the playoffs this year. But you're bang on, Ty. Like, they'll need more consistent goaltending. Because remember last year, um, you know, Quick was really good in the first half. And then, you know, slowed down a little bit. He is turning 37. Um, in uh, in January, so you, you do wonder if, if age starts to creep up a little bit for him. And you know, Cal Peterson, ever since he signed that five million dollar contract, man, like he's got to be better, flat out, right? He's got to be better, right? No different now. Jack Campbell is only into what is it, ten games in his Oilers career, right? I think it's a little too early to say that you know he, he's underachieved yet. Let's see at the end of the season. But if it gets into year two of a new deal, then you got some problems. So yeah, L.A. right now, their, their bigger concern is goaltending and. After all the injuries they had last year on their blue line, if they stayed healthy this year, I thought they were a lock to go. But, you know, you're right about the inconsistent goaltending. It can it can take you down just like great goaltending can really cover up a lot of wards for a team. Let's talk about uh, what you would have seen at Oilers Skate today. Dylan Holloway on the fourth line today with the line rushes. Do you get the sense something's going to change here? Like, I, I just look at this and I go... What are you doing playing this guy seven minutes a night? It's not good for his development. you think he's down in Bakersfield soon? I would think soon, yes. Like, you know what? I said at the start of the year, hey, if he's, if he's on the fourth line for a month and getting some experience, you know, you practice every day, you learn some mistakes about the NHL, there can be a benefit. But eventually, it, it comes to a point where it's a detriment. He needs to play. He's got to maintain some offensive confidence. He's got to get back used to playing 15-plus minutes every night. He did play 15 in Carolina, Ty, and I actually thought – he played all right, right, in that game. And, you know, when Evander Kane went down, I was like, okay, there, there should be an opportunity here. But if you're not going to play him when a Kane is out, and that's fine if the coach chooses he's not ready. That's the coach's – that's his that's his MO. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not like Holloway has shown he's a lock guarantee yet. But here's the thing. He could go down for three weeks and come back up and be a completely different player. And, and I think that's where they're at with the Edmonton Orders. When he's only averaging 7.55 a night – you are not making as much of an impact in the game that it's irreplaceable. You could put Devin Shore in for 755. Devin Shore, actually, look at his numbers this year. Devin Shore's been fine, right? You could play him 755 and, and not have any significant drop-off. In the meantime, you get the benefit of Holloway developing. So I have to think that we're we're near the point. And I, you know, I heard um, you know, Tyler Benson, he's getting very close. And I wonder... You know, when, when Benson comes back and he's healthy, maybe that's the time they send Holloway down. Because I'm not, I don't think Edmonton wants to risk putting Benson on waivers after the training camp he had. He had a really good training camp. He looked really good, and I think he opened up a lot of eyes for some people. And the one thing that Benson does right now, he's changed his game. He's better suited to play that grinding, agitating fourth-line role. That's not what you're going to want from Dylan Holloway, but that might be what Tyler Benson has to become.
Yeah, actually, my next question was going to be about Benson. So you said he skated today. He's getting close. No timeline, though, right? He's getting really close. Um, you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if he's maybe activated by that road, that road trip, right? Like, he went on the road with him last time. He's been skating. He skated again today hard. So that's a good sign, all right? It's all about – I'm sure – now, he's not – I haven't seen him – He. he they haven't done any like hardcore battle drills, Ty, at least not at home. Maybe they did on the road, but that's going to be the next step for him. Anytime you come off a knee injury, it's all about how is the stability in his knee? Can he handle, you know, when all of a sudden you got a 200-pound defenseman leaning on him and maybe you're not fully prepared for it? Because sometimes guys hit you in the side. You have to make sure your knee's 100%. And so I think that's all the next step because he's been skating. He, he wasn't wearing a non-contact jersey. He was doing everything. He took his part in line rushes today. So to me, it looks pretty close. Perfect. Uh, Gregor, thanks for squeezing us in here uh, between practice and all the interviews you're doing. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll look forward to that McDavid interview today. Ty, anytime, buddy. Appreciate it. Perfect. There you go. Jason Gregor, Oilers Nation, TSN 1260. Like I said, going to have uh, a nice little exclusive one-on-one with Connor McDavid coming. I love that. I love that. All right. Let's get to the wrap for today's show. I, I like what Gregor said uh, that Benson... Benson coming back is probably tied to Holloway going to the minors. I think I think that makes sense. I also like again, and Liam, I saw you nodding your head in agreement. Like if you're going to play a guy seven and a half minutes, the difference between Holloway and Shore, the impact that has on the game is so small. Yeah, yeah, and I look. I'm not sitting here going to say Devin Shore is better than Dylan Holloway because I don't think that's the yeah. case. Like Holloway is going to bring a different element to the game, but. What, what does it matter if it's Devin Shaw, Brad Malone, or Dylan Holloway? Like At the end of the day, you're playing someone seven minutes a night. What's that, like six, seven shifts or whatever? Like, I don't know, but there's no need for him to be here anymore. And I think we've said a few times now, like when Benson's available, I think that's when Holloway goes down to Bakersfield. I uh, mentioned a little bit of Pacific Division talk there with Gregor. I actually think so, like Vegas, okay, Vegas is legit. I think we can all say that now. They are playing at a 133-point pace, though. They are not going to get close to 133 points this year. Maybe if everything goes really, really well for them the rest of the year, they're like 110, somewhere in that range, 111, 112, right? They're not finishing at 133. Vegas is going to slide back at some point. They're five-on-five PDO. It's the fifth highest in the NHL. That's basically the measure to an extent of luck. They're getting lucky. Logan Thompson's playing unreal. That's a big part of PDO as well, is getting good goaltending, but their shooting percentage as a team is pretty high. The Oilers are 20th in PDO. I think the Oilers at 5 on 5 have actually been fighting some pretty bad luck. We'll probably get on a run at some point here with the Oilers where they start to really, the pucks start to go in a little bit more. Maybe we even saw that a little bit against the Florida Panthers. But you look at that Vegas team, they're good. I'm not saying they aren't good, but the idea of the Oilers potentially catching them for that top spot in the division is not the most insane thing in the world. Chandler Stevenson is a point-per-game player right now for the Golden Knights. Chandler Stevenson's not putting up 82 points this year. I'm pretty confident in that. If he does, it's going to be a major outlier season, kind of like what they got from William Carlson. But anyways, my point is, you look at the standings right now, Edmonton is eight points back of the Golden Knights. That seems like a lot. But you have head-to-head games still. You haven't played them once yet. So that could determine it. And also, Vegas isn't winning 13 of every 16 games this year. Edmonton has to be better. There's no denying that. But Liam, am I insane for thinking the Oilers can still catch the Golden Knights this year? Like, everyone's ready to crown Vegas as the division champs. We haven't even played a quarter of the year. Yeah, there's a lot going right for 
for Vegas right now. And I think even, don't even look at Edmonton. Look at Calgary. There's a lot going wrong for Calgary. And they were supposed to be a division contender too. Like, I think we're early in the season. Obviously, every team has their issues. But everything kind of balances out eventually. And, and, and Vegas, will, they'll slump. They'll have a part in the season where they, they maybe they lose four or five or whatever it is. And Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill aren't these great goaltenders that we truly know they probably aren't as good as they're playing right now. There's, like I said, there's a lot going right for Vegas. Edmonton still has to play Vegas, so when that happens, we'll kind of be able to figure out an idea of who both teams are, I think. Yeah, I mean, if the Oilers lose two of three to the Golden Knights, you're probably not catching them at that point, giving up that mm-hmm. extra four-point swing. But man, if you win two or maybe you find a way to win three against the Golden Knights, you do yourself a lot of favors, and those games are still on the board. The Kings, like they're not getting as lucky as Vegas, Neither are the Kraken either, actually. And I looked into the numbers. LA's just flat out, they're, they're somehow surviving getting terrible goaltending. Quick's at an 895. Cal Peterson's at an 865. Neither of them are rolling. And Gregor mentioned Quick's 37 years old. Last year, he got worse as the season went on. And I, I, I worry about that. I would be worried about that Kings goaltending if I was a Kings fan. They're playing at a 95-point pace right now. That's this is probably who they are. I think they're a 95 to 99 point team. The Oilers are going to have to play better if they want to pass the Kings and the Kraken and keep the Flames behind them because a 92 point pace isn't going to cut it. If the Oilers go at this rate, they're not going to make the playoffs. But I think we can all also look at Jack Campbell's start to the year and go, okay, he's not going to be that bad throughout the entire season. I know Stuart Skinner will slow down a little bit. Shooting percentages should creep up for the Oilers a little bit. Probably need some support scoring as well, but the Oilers should be able to outperform this 92-point pace, and I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. But it's a big week for Edmonton because you got to beat L.A., you got to beat Vegas. Yeah, and I think, like you said, like guys are going to... Guys are going to get out of these slumps in a depth score. Like, Yamamoto um, feels like he's not been healthy at all this season. So you have to imagine when he gets back to full strength, like he's going to get a bit of momentum behind him. Likely produce, obviously, better than he is right now. Pugliavi's eventually going to find the net. There's going to be a point in the season where he gets a few in however many games and he gains some momentum. And then obviously Evander Kane coming back too. Like, There's a lot of things in this Oilers team that just seem to be going terribly, to be honest. And yeah. it, it'll figure itself out. And I think this team will be fine when it comes to the 82-game mark. Rusty says, huge week. LA tomorrow, Vegas Saturday. Going to be a very fun couple of games. Yeah, they should have like a playoff kind of vibe to them. Tomorrow's the rematch of that first round series that went seven games. Like all of that. Uh, QF Pro, hard to say where we belong in the division before we play other teams in the division. I think that's a great point too. This week is going to be pretty telling for this Oilers team. Uh, We'll get to our betting report in just a second. But a story I wanted to talk about. uh, Former Hockey Canada President CEO Bob Nicholson, as well as the current Vice President Pat McLaughlin, uh, they're appearing Tuesday, today, they already did actually, before Parliament as the Standing Committee on Canadian Heritage continues its probe into Hockey Canada. Courtney Terrio, who is a reporter with City News, he has a great thread up on this. If you want to kind of get the quick breakdown of everything that was talked about as Bob Nicholson kind of took the stand, uh, at C-Spot Tweet is uh, where you can find him. I've also retweeted it onto my timeline as well. So Bob Nicholson says he only became aware of the 2003 sexual assault allegations against the players. He learned about them from 03 this July 7th is uh, is what Courtney is saying, Nicholson said. The thread kind of goes on. Nicholson admits that, you know, they weren't taking minutes during their notes and there were too many meetings that weren't on the record. He talks about that a little bit. 
Uh, Nicholson was asked if having a fund to pay off victims, if by having a fund to pay off victims, if you are condoning behavior and institutionalizing it, Nicholson responded, said he felt Hockey Canada protected the victims as much as possible. But under Nicholson's watch, they had a lot of these funds. Nicholson says five of the six NDAs that were signed during this time were tied to Graham James. He says the NDAs were signed to protect the victims as well. He also adds two of the funds. They were created on his watch, and he takes responsibility from an operational standpoint. So, listen, there is a lot. Look at any tweet the Oilers send out right now, and it's a lot of fire Bob Nicholson, fire Bob Nicholson, fire Bob Nicholson. I think there's a lot that kind of goes into that. Do I think Bob Nicholson should still be actively holding his spot? Probably not. I think there is a very clear-cut solution to this if you're the Edmonton Oilers, and it's to say, we're putting Bob Nicholson on administrative leave until he is done with all of this Hockey Canada stuff, and we can conduct a proper investigation ourselves to find out his responsibility. You know, all of the Hockey Canada current board members, they all resigned. And they weren't the ones who were really, oh, I mean, they were to an extent, but like, Bob Nicholson was around when this stuff was getting created. So if everyone who's currently at Hockey Canada stepped down, Bob Nicholson is still holding a job in hockey. You wouldn't go hire Scott Smith right now. You wouldn't go hire Andrea Skinner right now to work for your NHL team. Bob Nicholson's holding his job. I think the really easy solution, I know everyone wants him fired, and maybe that's where this ultimately goes. I don't know. I do not have the connections necessary to make that jump. I don't have the information necessary to say that. But it does seem like a pretty easy way to go about this if you're the Oilers for now, while he's speaking to parliament about something he was involved in that involves sexual assault or the funds to cover up sexual assault, however you want to word that. I think the easy thing to do is say, hey, we're putting them on administrative leave. We'll see where this goes and wait until all these processes play out. But we'll see. I, I have a funny feeling the Oilers aren't going to go that way. Who knows? Uh, let's wrap this thing up now with a hard topic turn. And get to our uh, Betway bets of the day, because Liam has a couple of plays lined up that he does like. So, Liam, what do you got this evening from Betway? So, the first one we're going to go with, we're going to go to Vegas. Let's go with the over in Vegas. I saw there was even money. Vegas's last game didn't hit, but they had hit in three and four before that, and San Jose isn't very good at all. So, I feel like this is one where Vegas might hit the over on its own, to be honest, if they really wanted to, they could go all out. And then that Tampa Bay-Dallas game now, I know Brian Elliott is starting for Tampa Bay, but he also has a 3-1 and one record this season, and they've been winning games in front of him. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay on the money line at home against Dallas, and then the over in the San Jose and Golden Knights game, which is 6.5 at even money. Been at least seven goals in seven of the Sharks' last eight games I just looked. So that seems like a pretty decent spot right there. San Jose is actually scoring at a somewhat decent clip considering how, what I would say, poor their roster is. So I like, the, I like that play of the over there. I got three shot props tonight that I would say you should look into. John Carlson out in Washington. Cole Caulfield in Montreal is my favorite play of the day. Rasmus Dahlin is just a lock right now due to the shot prop in eight consecutive games as well. So I do like going with that Rasmus Dahlin shot prop. He is absolutely on fire right now. And I, I think I'm tailing you on the uh, Sharks over, Liam. That seems like a really good spot. Uh, that's going to do it for today's edition of Oilers Nation Every Day. As always, from the Sports Closet Studio, shout out to our friends at Betway as well, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Tomorrow, finally, 
We are going to have another Oilers game day to talk about. So Jay will be around. We'll be back at the office and we'll get you set for the rematch of the Oilers and Kings reverse retro night as well. No shortage of storylines tomorrow on the show. So we hope to talk to you then. Enjoy your Tuesday. Thanks for watching. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.